Welcome to Media Business. I'm Tony Conley, and this is the Michigan Business Network. Thanks so much for tuning in to the pod. A new report out from the Institute of Supply Management talks about how manufacturing is doing in our country. And it's doing pretty well. And I wanted to learn a little bit more about this. So we decided to talk with Tim Fiore, who is the chairman of manufacturing of ISM's business survey. And Tim joins us today. Tim, how are you? Yeah, thanks, Henry. Thanks for having me. Very good. I appreciate having you. As you can imagine, Michigan, as well as any other state, is really geared up about manufacturing. As a matter of fact, Tim, there's a big push here in our state to get kids who are not so excited about going to college to getting them excited about manufacturing. So we really try to inform our audience about how manufacturing is doing. And before we get started, tell us a little bit about ISM and what you folks do at the Institute for Supply Management. So I'm the chairman of a business survey panel that consists of hundreds and hundreds of companies that once a month we collect information from them. We ask them questions around a diffusion index. And the questions are around prices, new orders, production, employment changes, new export orders, inventories, and so on. We ask them whether the situation this month is better than last month, increased or decreased, whether it's the same as last month or whether it's worse than last month. And with that, we're able to calculate a diffusion index. For every positive answer, it scores as one point. For every same answer, it scores as a half a point. And for every not so good answer, it doesn't score at all. So that's the diffusion index that we use, which means that anything over 50 is expanding and positive. Anything under 50 is contracting and not so positive. And this is a monthly report. And I know it's titled PMI. Does that mean purchasing managers index? It traditionally does. And especially in the case of ISM, there are several other copies out there. ISM has been doing this since 1935. We developed this in concert with the Department of Commerce way, way back when. And then somewhere in 1948 or so, we turned what was a journal entry into numbers. And we've been expanding on that ever since. The panel is made up of all supply management people. There's only people, purchasing people who report on this. And in some cases, their companies don't even know they're reporting. So it's not the perception of that company. It's the perception of that supply manager dealing every day with pricing issues, delivery issues, and so forth. Tim, who uses this information and why is it so important? You know, there's three things that economists watch to provide an early indicator of the economy. The PMI is one, the jobs report and initial jobless claims are another. And the third is personal consumption expenditures, what's happening with inflation. So what's nice about our piece is that manufacturing is a really good indicator of what general economy is going to do. We've been able to provide that correlation back to GDP over many, many years. And the reason is, is that Manufacturing is very cyclic, which means it goes up and down and is very early, which provides the economists with a lot of insight into what's going to happen in the future. Before we talk about the latest PMI index, you said something that kind of percolated my ears, and that's supply chain management. It's been in the news so much just from what you know, and I know you're not studying this per se, but how are we doing with that? Do you see it improving in regards to getting goods out to consumers? Well, we have shown some improvements over the last two or three months. We were set back a little bit by Omicron. I want to take my hat off to every supply manager who's fighting this battle every day. It's been going on now for a couple of years, and frankly, it's exhausting. You know, Many of us have never seen anything like this before. I've been in the business for 43 years. I've never seen anything this difficult and this long 
that's spreading across the entire industry. And you know, when you listen to CEOs and things talking, they'll tell you about the opaqueness. And we don't have clarity across the entire supply chain. You know, you recall when we had the tsunami hit many years ago and there was problems with chips and things, that whole effort about risk reduction and risk management and understand your supply chain all the way down to the lowest level. That is very complicated and we're experiencing it every day today. Chips have a lot of visibility, but there are a lot of other things that have impacted us also. Tim, when we talk about the supply chain here in Michigan, there's a severe shortage on truck drivers. I've recently read that we've had this challenge uh, nationwide for a while. Where are we with this? Is it getting better? And what do we do to find more drivers? You know, the transportation sector was getting slightly better, and then Omicron set it back a little bit. January and February was a difficult month for transportation, but we're pretty confident that in March, we're going to see it improve slightly. There's constantly been a shortage on drivers. It's the high end of the low-skilled labor area, and it generally consists of a lot of people at the later stage of their career. So you're always going to have driver shortages, especially, you know, what's happening here, there are so many supply shortages that it requires more transportation because you're not shipping full truckloads. So you need the parts right away. You'll send a truck, pick up a half a truckload, and then two days later, you send another truck to pick up the other half. What normally would be one truckload turning into two. And that's why we have issues. Tim, do you think this is something that young people will ever get into or maybe more women? Is there enough pay to get them interested? Well, I mean, if you're talking about supply management jobs, we've been a really good area for people of all backgrounds to join. Yeah, more so the truck driving jobs. Well, you know, I think, you know, you've got so many different types. You've got local delivery, you've got last mile, you've got long haul, you've got team drivers. I mean, you've seen, there's a lot of team drivers out there, husbands and wives, girlfriends and boyfriends that, you know, share the same cab and things, double bunks. It's a weird situation because when the summer hits, truck drivers end up working construction jobs because they make more money. When the winter comes along, they get back behind the wheel of a truck. So Mm -hmm. there is a little bit of cyclicity to it. Like I said, we've always had driver shortages. It's nothing new. Some companies know how to deal with that well. Part of the real problem is that this thing has been so long extended that it's exhausting even the transportation suck. We're talking with Tim Fiore, who is the chairman of the ISM Manufacturers Business Survey. When we come back, we're going to talk about the February survey, and we've got some good news. We'll do that next on Media Business. I'm Tony Conley, and this is the Michigan Business Network. offers a home equity line of credit because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Tim Fiore, who is the chairman of the ISM Manufacturers Business Survey. Tim, before we talk about February survey, you started talking a little bit about jobs and supply chain management. And I kind of cut you off there as we were talking about truck drivers. But talk about supply chain management as a career. Do you see young people getting into that? How's that going? Well, you know, I started 40 years ago, and it wasn't a place that you actually aspired to be. 
you generally went into these kind of jobs because you weren't really successful out on the factory floor. And the jobs are really expediting jobs, getting material delivered. It wasn't really financial related. It wasn't strategy related. You know, I've watched the whole industry molt and grow through the 90s into the early 2000s. There were a lot of leading Fortune 500 companies that helped us get there. And a lot of individuals who helped us get there too. We're a really diverse organization now, function. There's a lot of women, a lot of diverse uh, CPOs, much more so than you saw 30, 40 years ago. You can start out with a decent education on how to critically think, but you don't have to have a supply manager degree. And if you got good common sense and a good nose for people and a good read on data, you can be very successful at this job. So you don't have to have a finance background, don't have to be a marketing expert, IT expert. You can come into this field and be very good at it if you've got some basic skills. I was uh, recently in a trucking company's main hub, and it was amazing to me. There must have been 50 people on computers, and they had maps, and all of their trucks and whatever they were carrying and whoever was driving and whatever traffic or weather they ran into, I was just fascinated by how that works and how they coordinate that. And for some of the bigger trucking companies, how computerized that is, too. It was fascinating to me. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the cellular world has really changed the industry. You can see where every load is, the temperature of it, where it was five minutes ago. You know, it's really quite incredible. And you need to have that dance because you need precision deliveries and you need people to show up at the right time. And having that kind of technology really helps. But, you know, when I started my career, I was a history major that was a mechanic also. And I went to work for a company that uh, designed and built the spacesuit for the space shuttle. So that kind of gives you a feel for, I wasn't trained to do this, but I learned as I went and had an interest in learning. And I had a four-year degree. When I joined up, my boss said to me, well, we really wanted somebody with a four-year degree. Prior to that time, they were taking people that just wanted to sit there and expedite hardware. So it's a great field to be in. You can really make a great career out of it. What I like about it is you touch everybody's business. So you get to have a good knowledge of what everybody does. To be effective, you got to know everybody else's job. Tim, let's talk about February's 2022 Manufacturing ISM report on business. It was good news. Oh, it's great news. So I do two things. I get data, I analyze it, and I analyze it using comments that come in from the panelists. And I get thousands of comments. So like I said, we do a month-to-month evaluation. And we also gather this information by 18 different manufacturing sectors. And of those 18 sectors, there are six that represent 70% of the manufacturing community. And those are the ones that I really follow. Computer electronics is number one. Chemicals is number two. Transportation equipment, number three. Petroleum and coal products, number four. Food and beverage, number five. And machinery, number six. I watch those and I've worked in most of those throughout my career. So the other thing I do is I take the input and I break it into demand, consumption, and inputs. And that's how I'm able to kind of put the story together. So the story for February, 2022 was demand came hopping back. We had a little bit of a sagging in January. There were some warning signs, not super red kind of signs, but maybe some caution that the new order level and the backlogs had fallen off a little bit. But we came roaring back in February. We had a four point gain on the new order side, got above 60 again, which is really, really good. The customer inventory piece, it's also part of demand. Uh, shows that there are more empty shelves in February than there were in January. The new export orders came up four points to 57, which is good to see because new export orders have been sagging for a long time. They've been expanding, but at very light rates. And most importantly, our backlog 
came up almost nine points to the largest rate of growth in the last 11 years. So, you know, if you have demand, everything else is just a challenge. Without demand, you know, you got nothing. We have good demand in February for sure. Tim, how did COVID affect the industries and the reports, especially as we got out of 2021 into 2022? So October, November, December showed slight improvements, both in employment and prices and supplier deliveries. Slight, not head turning, but slight, which is good. And the problem was really getting the labor force to come back into the labor market. And you know, we saw indications of that uh, starting back in October. For instance, on the hire side, difficulty in hiring, we went from 51% of my comments in November being difficult to hire to 37% in December to 31% in January. But then the whole thing reversed again because of Omicron. So in February, we saw 37% of the comments say that they were having difficulty in hiring again. A lot of that has to do with the quits rate that's occurring now. A lot of people are jumping jobs, going for additional compensation. There's also an increase in the amount of people retiring, which has been a challenge in the last six months. We saw it kind of peak out in the month of January at 11% of my comments being retirement comments, and that's early retirements. So Omicron set us back what I thought would be three months. Most likely now it's about two months. And I think the month of March, we're well on our way here for that slow and steady recovery. And the recovery is really trying to achieve an equilibrium between demand and supply. And we haven't had that since we came out of the COVID decline. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business. We're talking with Tim Fiore, who is the chairman of the Manufacturers of ISM Business Survey. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about February's 2022 Manufacturing ISM Report on Business. And more specifically, the PMI, which was significantly uh, increased for February. This is the Michigan Business Network. Sanair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sanair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sanair.com. I'm Tony Conley. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Tim Fiore, who's the chairman of Manufacturers of ISM Business Survey. We've been talking about the February 22 Manufacturing ISM Report on Business and how positive it was. Tim, in looking at the report, I noticed that the February Manufacturing PMI registered a significant increase. Yeah. So as I mentioned prior, there's three things I look at. I look at demand, consumption, and inputs. And I talked about demand earlier. Let me talk a little bit about the input side because the consumption piece is a result of both. So on the input side, we saw supplier deliveries slow a little bit, but nowhere near as much as we thought that they would because of Omicron hitting in January and February. So that was a good sign. We only went up 1.5 points, ended up at 66.1. It's still a high number, but we've seen a lot higher than that. We've seen 80, 80 plus. I'm really looking for that number to get down to the low 60s, the high 50s. We saw inventories recover almost a half a point, which was positive because there's more material flowing, a little bit more labor on the factory floor, and companies are able to build a little bit more work in process, waiting for that one critical part to show up. Imports stayed relatively constant, so that's probably a good thing because we've had problems with the ports. 
So overall, the input side got better. And there are indications. I do look for comments about are things getting better in the month or are they getting worse? And from a shortage standpoint, material delivery standpoint, 16% of my comments in February were that things were better in February than they were in January. That compares to a 9% back in December. So there's definitely an improvement on the input side, which is what we've been looking for. And Tim, it looks like the forecasts for March and April and us getting into late spring look pretty good. It looks very good. So what we've been waiting to looking for things to happen is on the consumption side. We're looking for that employment number to get up into the low to mid 60s. It hasn't been there, you know, hardly at all. Right now we're sitting employment number 53. We sagged a little bit in February from what was showing steady gains. Back in October, I expect that in March, we're going to see that number come back. That employment number to me was an Omicron impact. And we came down 1.6 points from a 54.5. We've been gaining a half a point to a point a month, and I expect that to continue. The other big piece that hasn't really popped yet is a production number. We're at 58.5. With this kind of backlog and this kind of new order intake, that number should be 65. The reason it isn't is because we're still having trouble with hiring labor not only at our panelist companies, but at their suppliers, and we're having trouble getting that material delivered. But I think that with Omicron now behind us, we had 20, 30% absenteeism rates back in January and early February. That's not continuing here into March. So I'm expecting the production number to get up above 60, employment to get back in the 54 range, supplier delivery number to probably sag a little bit to 64, 65, inventory number to get back up to 55, new orders at 60 or so, and you know we're going to be running at 57 to 59 and a half now for the better part of 2022, which is really good. So, Tim, for what you do and for manufacturing, just with your best guess, how will the war on Ukraine and the possibility of inflation and higher gas prices kind of affect what you do and how manufacturing works? So there's two things that have an impact. Obviously, energy prices above $100 a barrel is not good. If there's one commodity that can put us into a slowdown, it's energy. And But what I'm hopeful for here with what's happening here with Russia and Ukraine is that we're going to take some of the handcuffs on U.S. domestic production and get back to 13.5 million barrels per day of oil equivalents. So I think right now we're probably running 10.5. You know, we've asked the Middle East to produce more and they're not going to, so we need to. So we need to allow our oil companies to explore again and get that stuff refined. The other impact is probably aluminum. Aluminum has been a lingering problem here in the growth cycle uh, for several reasons. And I think that's not going to go away in the short term. You know, we got to rely primarily on Canada for the U.S. aluminum supply, and we'll see what happens with that. But you know, I think that the sentiment around the community was 12 to 1 positive comments for every uh, one not so positive from a demand standpoint. That's the highest number I've seen since July of last year when we were 13 to 1. We've been running over 60 rate now for the longest period in the last 20 years, which is really strong. So, And we've had six manufacturing expansion cycles since 2020, and they average about 34 to 36 months. We're into month 21 here. And because of the supply chain governor that's been put on us being able to peak, this one sure feels like a 45 to 50 month expansion cycle. So we're well into 2024. Final question for you, Tim. Your best guess, do you think that the government will allow us to produce more energy and to explore more for energy? Well, I think there's a lot of pain at the household level. Uh, You can see that the gas prices, I think that puts a lot of pressure on the government to do something. 
I don't see the Middle East. The Middle East is kind of aligned with Russia here on OPEC plus. So I don't see them breaking that. So the only other solution is really us and Canada. And we're the ones that can react quickly, I think. We've been talking with Tim Fiore, who is the chairman of the ISM Manufacturing Business Survey. Uh, It's been fascinating. I learned a lot, Tim. I appreciate your time so much. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for having me, Tony. Appreciate it. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley, and this is the Michigan Business Network.